Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. I gave you all the tenor voice. See what I did there? You know, everyone doesn't get that. We're back. We're black and we're brown. I'm Tiffany. Hey, guys. It's Mandy. Happy Wednesday. Yes. So what's happening in the atmosphere, Mandra? You know, well, first of all, we must apologize. This is like the third year running. I've had it on my calendar that it's Juneteenth and our show always airs the day before or the day of. And I totally forgot to mention it last week, but hope you guys, I feel like Juneteenth is becoming a real, it was like this, uh, I don't know, margin on the margins kind of holiday, but now it's becoming Mm -hmm. like a real, I'm just glad that it's a day that at least is an excuse to reflect and think about, you know, how we can live our days every life. Um, in the spirit of what our ancestors would have wanted for us. Yeah, we are truly, I think, our ancestors' wildest, wildest dreams. Yes, ma'am. Because I think um, Tyler Perry, I, I, I don't know what award he was getting. I don't know if it was BET Awards. Oh, yeah, this just happened. Yes, and so he shared how um, his studio used to be a Confederate army base. And he was like, you know, the purpose of, you know, that the the those soldiers was to try to um, maintain slavery for Negroes. And he's like, now a Negro owns this place. And I just thought, wow, wow, wow. Just, I mean, just a few generations removed, you know? Yeah. You know, people asked me when I got married in Savannah, Georgia, cause I got married not in, not on, you know, a former plantation that as far as I could research, but I did get married, you know, I'm, if I'm being realistic, hundred percent, you look back a couple centuries ago, there were probably slaves working that land. I mean, there were slaves mm-hmm. all over, um, the South and especially in Georgia. And, you know, did I feel some type of way about getting married in that area? And for me, I felt, you know, if my ancestors did work these lands, you know, what about it? Like if, if they're, you know, if, if in 2017 I was getting married there, um, and, you know, in a, in a multiracial marriage with like a super diverse, you know, wedding party and, um, and guests and everything. And I just, that was kind of how I made my peace with it. And, and, yeah, I mean, you, you do, it's, it's, it's like part about remembering the, you know, just the bloody beginning and the, the, the tragic beginning of every, of, of the country and, and what it took to get to where we are now and recognizing how far we have to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and, and it's just bright spots. 
Exactly. Because what it shows is that, like, I mean, if if you, because you're right, you had super, I mean, you had Asian, you had white, you had black, you had Spanish. It wasn't had, intentional. <laughs> but it did look like. I'm like, it was definitely the UN of weddings. <laughs> it did look like I was like a college brochure and I had picked out my wedding party, like, and here's the brown one and here's the dark. No. <laughs> it just happened. No, but it was awesome. And so, but no, I think that it's, I'm not someone who thinks that you shouldn't be on places where, you know, enslaved people were, 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 because the truth is, I don't know that you could ever go anywhere then, you know, I think instead it's our, our job and our duty to change the narrative of our, of our places by showing up and, and being who we are now, you know, they, they were, so we could be. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I just like, I, like, I love that Tyler bought that place. It was like, yeah, this is what it was, you know, but I have, I have taken command of this place Take and it's, you know, Exactly. You know, changing that narrative. So I think that's awesome. I was looking because we're going to Portugal in August and Portugal, if you if you ever been to the this was something I didn't know, maybe I should have known this, but they didn't teach me this in high school. Um, that Portugal was really the the beginning of the slave trade, one of the you know, first countries to ship slaves um, uh, to the Americas. And I didn't know that until I went to the African American History Museum in D.C., which if you guys haven't gone, you got to go. But give yourself like at least two days to go through it. Have you been, Tiff? Uh, to what? To, to that? No. It's no the one. new one. Thank you for saying that. You know, they actually reached out to me. They want me to do a panel. I just forgot. Go. <laughs> but maybe don't. I mean, like it is so heavy mm. that we did, you know, the ground. You go below ground for the first portion of the museum, which covers the beginning of the slave trade all the way to kind of you know, the age of Oprah, you know, modern day. And then back on the, like the upper half of the museum has, has exhibits on like pop culture and all this kind of stuff. Well, we did the, the bottom half and it was so emotionally draining that we had to leave. It took us probably like four hours to get through it. And then we just couldn't, you know, do the rest of the museum that day. So give yourself time. But anyway, Portugal. So what I learned about Portugal, so we're going there in a couple of, in a, in a month or so. And I was looking for any opportunity to like take a tour, maybe like look at some former landmarks, you know, to learn about the origins of slavery. There's not a ton out there, but I did read about one guy who's trying to start some tours. And I think he was inspired by the museum here in DC. Um, and there, there's like a, a growing movement to, to, for the country itself to recognize it's, um, it's the role that it played in proliferating mm-hmm. slavery and everything. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, but hope everybody had a good, good Juneteenth and summertime is officially underway. Yes, I can't wait. I'm going to my first summertime barbecue this weekend. Actually, the 28th, which I think is a Friday. I don't even know. But it's my anniversary. This Friday. Yeah, this Friday. It's my anniversary. Two years. And um, I asked Superman, you know, what do you want to do? And he was like, um, move into this house. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> so finally the house is done, guys. We're going to be moving in. Because I was thinking, like, maybe we'll, we could go to, like, Cape May or something. But honestly, the move is, like, the house is absolutely gorgeous. And we're just so excited to be in it. So I was like, it doesn't make sense to try to go away for the weekend. Because we're just going to be stressed about, so when we come back, how are we going to move during the week, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just gonna, so a friend of mine has, um, he uh, has a really beautiful house that he renovated not too far. So his wife is an amazing, I don't think she's like officially a chef, but she needs to be. She makes the most amazing food. I mean, it looks like a catered 
like a fair. And so they're having like their annual um, barbecue. And I was like, well, this will be our, this is, we can celebrate right there at the barbecue. I will be eating all the things. Weight Watchers be damned, even though it's been going <laughs> good. Um, but I was like, mm, I'm saving all my points for the week. <laughs> um, mm, so yeah, so I'm barbecue. What? It's like, not just Barbara, but she makes like this like um, lobster mac and cheese. You literally have to go early. Like, I'm going to be like, sir, if you're running late, I'll actually meet you there because you have to go early. Her food is so good. So we're just going to celebrate like, you know, lightly and move into this house and really marvel at how far we've come together. And um, yeah, someone, a friend of mine has a friend who was asking about me and saying, so how's Budgetista? She never posted about her husband on on social media. Mm, what's going on there? I was like, do people really, Brown Ambition listeners, do you throw me shade because I don't post about Superman? Is it ton? Splitsville for the budget Nista <laughs> and Superman? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, but here's the thing, like literally, I mean, I don't even think about it truthfully because one, I mean, he's not like, you know how like Chip and Joanna, that's not what Superman, like, you know, I mean, every once in a while I post like if it's relevant, quite honestly, I don't even think about it. Like we're just literally living our lives, living a great life actually. Uh, but I never thought about that, that someone was like, what does he even do? I'm like, I don't think that Listen I- Listen to the podcast, honey. I know. Cause I'm like, we talk, I talk, we talk all the time, probably ad nauseum, especially when we were getting like engaged and married, but yeah, no, Superman is a super, I, mean, I always call him super Superman. Um, yeah. He's super for the city of Newark and just, just dope. I mean, he's just a regular guy, but he's awesome. And yeah, I don't post about him on social media like a, a whole lot just because the truth is uh, I have like a social media team now. And so largely like they post like what's appropriate to the budget, which is finance. Cause at one point my, my IG, my IG was literally like a day in the life, like, Hey, eating some chicken. I'm like, Tiffany, what does this have to do with budget? <laughs> so they took over. They're like, we're going to bring it back to personal finance. So yeah. So if you're wondering, we're actually good. Thanks for the concern. Um, yeah, but, and also too, I stopped posting on Facebook because I would post them and then women would go send friend requests. Can you imagine? Uh, so that was a little, whatever, but yeah, I mean, nothing's wrong with me. Super bad. But I just thought that was so, I never thought that anybody would even care or think about it. Like, you know, it's just weird to me. Cause I'm like, what? Superman who's downstairs right now, packing all these boxes so we can move out of this place. If you judge my marriage by my Instagram, you'd think that I left him for my dog. <laughs> Molly's the new man in town. I cannot stop myself. And like, I understand that people will probably unfollow me once. I got so many friend requests to pass Instagram requests the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, y'all ready for this? Because there's nothing but my dog. I don't know what you want. I got no advice for you. I got no words of wisdom. Here's my adorable dog. I mean, listen, I don't have a brand like Tiffany to maintain. No, but I understand. Like, I mean, I get the curiosity, but I just like, it's so weird that you think that people are curious about, like, you know, I, because I feel like, especially here on the podcast, we talk so freely. So clearly she must not listen to Brown Ambition because I'm like, what? What you talking about, girl? But I just thought that was hilarious. She was like, yeah, girl, inquiring minds want to know. I'm like, okay, well, we good. Thanks for inquiring, I guess. Well, I got to do this. We got to talk about this story really quick because I thought it was kind of hilarious. So we all know student loan debt in America is just you know, a huge burden. And the government, like the education department's being sued because programs like public service loan forgiveness actually have not been forgiving anybody's debt. Like very few people even got, you know, qualified for that. Something like 150,000 people are waiting in line. Um, Right now. See, look, yeah, I'm still taping. (laughs) Every time. 
Oh, hey, Superman. <laughs> He's like, oh, I heard the universe told me I was being mentioned. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mandra. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, anyway, student loan debt, you know, has, it probably touches every one of us um, who, who had the fortune of going to college or misfortune, depending on how you how much debt you have. So, you know, obviously the government is not, is you know, is no guarantee that your student loan debt will be forgiven, even if you do everything right. But there are... Um, there's this new app that people got really excited about called Gibling, the Gibling mm-hmm. trivia app. Trivia apps are like a hot thing right now, but basically it's a trivia app that you pay to play. So it's like 50 cents. Um, I think there's a free level and then you pay 50 cents to get additional credits to pay, to play bigger, uh, larger levels. And the ultimate goal is that you can win up to $50,000. That's like the grand prize. And people Mm. have won the money and, you know, they're able to use it to pay off their student loan debt. But there's a story on CNBC that I thought was crazy. So because it's kind of a gamification kind of thing, you have to pay to play at a certain level. And then you have to like, you can pay, um, you can purchase like little items in the Giveling Trivia App Store to get more credits to play more rounds. And people have been legit getting addicted to it. Like the story, no. the story interviewed some woman who spent $42,000 to win what? and a guy who borrowed $20,000 from his 401k. <gasps> Did he win? To win. No. Oh my no. God. And like the, the people who were doing it are like, you know, they are, you know, they've, they've done like other game shows and things like that. And there, so now the, this, this app that people were really excited about, there's all these questions about whether it's, is it gambling? Is it really helping people pay off their student loan debt. And I mean, it's so sad to me that people are dipping into their 401k. Don't, don't do that. There's no easy way out of debt. And this game is certainly not like you might as well just go to your bodega and get a a lotto ticket, you know? That's literally what that is. I didn't know. Like, that's crazy because I see I'm like looking. It says the app is free, but I do know like the member candy crush, you would have to like buy these little, like whatever it is. Wow. I guess you have to just be mindful of yourself knowing that if you've got a personality that's like, you know, that leans towards gambling and you might not even know until you try something. But if you're someone who, yeah, there's typically no easy way. I mean, we would all love an easy way out of student loans. And unfortunately, like you said, forgiveness is it has gotten even harder. It was hard before, but it's even harder now. So I could see why people turn to desperate measures. But forty thousand dollars to win. Fifty thousand. Uh, you could do better at Vegas. I mean, please, yeah, go to the slot machines, or you know, vote for candidates who maybe have some progressive student loan can- uh, policy ideas. And I know we're early. Like, I'm, you know, as far as like election twenty twenty goes, there's seventy eleven people running on the Democratic ticket right now. That it's just too many to pay attention to. And I feel like I'm really going to start paying attention in January. That's when I'll start tuning in. But I have to say. If, if if you're focusing on issues that you want to look at, you know, you're, I'm waiting on candidates to come out with policies, for example, on health care, student loans, and um, and uh, maternity, family leave. Those are the mm-hmm. three that I care a lot about. And really, like, very few, if any, candidates have had any real policies to share, except for Elizabeth Warren and um, and Bernie Sanders. So they've both come out with plans to cancel student loan debt. Um, and really like have a much more progressive plan to get rid of debt versus like public service loan forgiveness, which to be fair to, you know, president, you know, who it wasn't his program. However, under his watch, it has been completely useless. 
to the people mm. it was meant to help. Um, but their plans would basically like Bernie Sanders would forgive everyone's debt, like cancel it, like zero it out within six months, which sounds to me like too crazy to actually be yeah. like possible. But that's why he's so progressive. Lizzie Warren's plan would pay for pay to forget most people's debt, except for people who, you know, have proven income that they can afford their debt, which is like 95 percent of people. Okay. And the way that she would pay for it is by implementing and partly by implementing um, a wealth tax, a private wealth tax, which would hit families who have over $50 million in assets. <gasps> so like the That's top 0.0000001%, yeah. Yeah. Um, which to me sounds a bit more realistic. So Yeah, but you know, those people also also have like a lot of political power and pull to lobby and this and that. So I don't know how she'd be able to get that passed. I think there's like the wealth tax, it, there's, it's gaining support. Like there was a medium, um, like these 11 or no, 18 millionaires or however billionaires, whatever they are, they got together and posted on medium. They were like, please tax us. Okay. Please well, that's us. good. Um, I venture to say they're probably in the minority, but I mean, I agree. It doesn't, you know, I'm not going to lie. I feel uncomfortable that, that there are times like, where my tax rate with the new Trump laws, my tax rate as Tiffany the baby millionaire are lower than my tax rate as Tiffany the preschool teacher. That's crazy. The preschool teacher needed the help. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that the thing is my taxes weren't this rate before, but now they are. And so like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. I believe my business tax rate went from 35%, I think, to 21%. And then anything that goes over after that, me personally, is 15%. But as Tiffany, the teacher, I think I was at 20 or 25%. That's crazy. Why? Yeah. I don't mind paying what to do. You know, like me as Tiffany, I was paying it before. I just, it doesn't make sense. Like when people were like, yay, we're going to get, remember when everyone finally got their refunds and they realized that this new tax law wasn't so great after all? Because yes. it wasn't helping anyone that was actually needing the help. I was looking and I was like, you know, my accountant Carl's was like, yeah, your, you know, your, your tax rate is going to drop. I'm like, what, what, why? I mean, not, I mean, I guess it's nice to pay less, but what? That so doesn't what make you're sense. saying is you're turning Republican. <laughs> no, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly was like, it doesn't make sense. You know, it like, doesn't. yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, and honestly, it's not fair. Because you are penalizing people for being, for being regular, like for like you know, like t- preschool teacher Tiffany, she needed fifteen percent. Not me now. I can afford to pay more, and I don't mind paying more because I know it's supposed to contribute to the betterment of everyone. And so, um, yeah, I just, whoo, let's see this next election. It's going to be a who's part of my French, a shit show. Why do people say part of my French? Like when they curse, <laughs> what does that come from? Maybe the French are known for their vulgarity. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Somebody French. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Like people are like part of my France. Shit, you're like wait. How, is that <laughs> how does one say shit show en français? <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, this is your this is your little uh, mini 2020 election debate. Uh, reminder tomorrow there is a debate so if you're interested to see what these 2011 7011 candidates have to say if you're trying to whittle out to see who's legit and who's not you can tune in on the 20 what's tomorrow the 26th wednesday and there's another debate the 28th or 27th on thursday
Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Now it's time to, we're answering questions, right? To answer questions from all our family. See, this is not even at the end. Q U E S T I O N. That's probably right. I feel like I didn't. Well, I whatever. wasn't attention. <laughs> I was just thrown <laughs> off by the Mickey Mouse theme in the middle of the show. <laughs> I keep you on your toes. One time in one of my videos, like I was like saying, hey, sign up for a free class or something like that. And I spelled budget, and I forgot the D. I was like, B-U-G-E-T. And then, <laughs> I did not notice until someone was like, pretty sure there's D in there. It was like, yeah, there is. You I know, hate those- the internet. <laughs> I know. But it was hilarious because my, my video editor, he was like, he put the numbers on the screen. It said B-U. And when it came to the D, there was a question mark. And then he went on. I was like, oh, so you're petty. But I just thought it was hilarious. He's like, you want me to keep it? I'm like, keep it. Because I think people will get a kick out of it. But yeah, I'm not the She's stellar. just like it. us. <laughs> Can't spell. We have any good questions? You guys have been doing really great questions lately. We, I really appreciate them. Yeah. Thank you guys for sending us your questions. I'm going to skip to the gram, skip, skip, skip to the gram. Again, you guys can hit us up on Instagram with your questions um, at Brown Ambition Podcast. And I check those every week. And we've got a couple there. You can still email us if you'd like to. If you, like me, get annoyed typing into a tiny phone sometimes. Um, you can go to brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com to answer your questions. And I promise I will answer at least one question from email along with your Instagram questions. Um, so you don't feel like I am favoriting, favoring any one person. So here we go. Let's see. So here, this question comes from Instagram user named Sinclair at nachos and a, she says, hi ladies. I love your podcast. I'm the only person in my family who has any semblance of financial understanding and planning. My niece is 20 and just got her first job. I'm trying to convince her to open a checking and savings account and to start setting a little bit aside for emergency savings. However, her financially illiterate parents, full shade, her words, not mine, are telling her financial illiterate, her financially illiterate parents are telling her not to open any type of account and just to keep cash. Sounds like my dad. I've known her parents my whole life, and I know this is a mistake. Her money, her money will just get lost, and no one has seen it if she does that. How do I convince her that she needs to get an account so that her money is sitting somewhere safer than her underwear drawer? Mm. So I have been trying to convince my dad, and I won't tell you where he lives so you can go rob him. But that, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you'd find very much, but literally the man, balled up socks, 
balled up mattresses, just all the linens in his in his closet. You know, that is where he stashes stuff. And it is just like boggling to me. Um, but anyway, he he's a lost cause. He's almost 60 years old. I'm not you know, going to well, change we're this here, man. Right, we're here. Right, we're here now. We're, <laughs> we're here, here now. Right? But for this You're, young woman. Yes. There's hope. There is hope. And I would, here's the thing. Like, especially when it comes to young people, you know, the lecture, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Instead, you have to figure out how do I get her to want to. So I would say something like, um, you know, like um, you, you should definitely open a checking account because you get direct deposit and sometimes you actually get paid a, a day sooner. That way the money's inside your account. So you see, like there's a benefit to not cashing out your money that if it lands in your checking account, girl, you you know, like, like, you know, for sure, got my paycheck and you can't lose it. If you go to the check cashing place, do you know, they take whatever percentage. So literally in order for you to get your money, you have to spend money to get your money. I would lean into the benefits rather than the, are you crazy? That's foolish. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that, that I would do that to start, I like having her, um, understand like you need to save, you need to this, that's going to be too much because she has to relearn a lot of things or just learn in general. So just start with super simple opening up a checking account. That's it. Get her to open it up because she's got to get her direct deposit, get her money a little sooner. She's not going to have to wait. She's not going to have to go to check cashing and spend money that way. Um, like I, like there's a story of a woman who I know, um, she, she cashed her refund check a few thousand dollars at the check cashing place and lost the money. And so like sharing that kind of stuff, like that's why you should really open a checking account. So that way, you know, your money has landed there. And then once she does that, then you can start working toward, you know, like you, you have a hundred dollars left in your, in your checking girl, you know, you can make some interest. Even if it's just two or three dollars, you should put it in this online only savings account because they're actually going to pay you money for keeping you money here. But do you see how you have to build when someone is adverse to making financial choices, I, I lean toward the positivity of it all and then building once I've gotten them to make, take one step. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, to be honest, and I have friends who do this, they like to keep a little bit of cash in the house for like the zombie apocalypse, you know, if it ever happens. And I'm cool with that. You know, I'm stockpiling bottles of water for the same reason, but you can think of like, how much money do you really need to have lying around the house? A couple hundred bucks, a hundred bucks. And like, once she has that, maybe it's a good tool just to get her to start thinking about saving, you know, let's try and save a hundred dollars. So you can put it in your, you know, your sock drawer and you have cash if an emergency comes up or, you know, if you need to run for your life and whatever, the zombies are coming. And then that starts building the habit. And if she's starting her first job, like Tiffany said, it's going to be hard for her to even not have direct deposit Mm -hmm. um, into a checking account. Um, like a lot, some companies, you know, require it and they get all up in arms if you make them mail you a check because it actually costs companies to mail you checks. Yes. You know, it's, it's an expense for them. Um, you could even show her, you know, once like Tiffany said, starting her off small, just like opening a checking account, you know, just, just, or just setting up for deposit and just doing something very small. And Mm -hmm. then like once she's ready or once you feel like, okay, it's been a month or two, maybe I'll start talking to her about a savings account. Mm Mm-hmm. Take one of those, like, take a calculator online and show her what would happen to her money if she put it into a savings account, even earning like 2%, you know, like how much money she would earn versus how much money she could lose if she just gets those checks and cashes them, you know, and then that could like put a number to how much her money is working for her. 
And if you're you're financially like, okay, honestly, maybe do a little matching with her. Like, hey, you know, if you save a hundred dollars, I'll give you twenty five. If you save five hundred, I'll give you fifty. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that's a good incentive. You know, but just because that really then if you like and then you know, once you get to a thousand, you kind of leave it. But I'm just something that's going to make her say, it doesn't have to be 50. It could be $10. It could be 20. But, you know, giving her some sort of, because it's going to be really important that she, your her parents could probably get away with living a cash life. But the truth of the matter is in this day and age, you cannot, you cannot, she has to, you know, and so she has to start somewhere and she's super, super young. So, um, yeah, giving her a little bit of an incentive, like, you know, Hey, if you save for six months, you know, I'll put a little something in your account. You know, so, I mean, it depends. I don't know how idea. much. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. I'm glad that you're taking an interest in, in, in your niece, um, because that's truthfully, that's the only way, you know, folks kind of go from where they are from to where they ought to be is that someone has to help them along. So I'm glad she has you. Don't give up. I mean, it's okay to give up on her parents. Like, I'm just joking. But maybe um, don't <laughs> lead with your parents don't know anything about money. Maybe yes. don't lead with that. Cause like I do, I know from experience coming to someone with, with personal finance advice and a self-righteous attitude, we'll just not, turn them off. They don't want to hear mm-hmm. you. <laughs> like, um, I've tried lead it. definitely with positivity. <laughs> lead with positivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your question. Thanks for being a good auntie. Yeah. Let's see. So let's take this question from listener Katie Ann. Katie Ann. I was like, how do you spell that? Katie Ann. Okay. She's got, she's a small business owner with a really, I think a question that will, that will hit home for a lot. Anyone who's got side hustles and takes payment on the internet. She says, I love, uh, I love the show Mandy and Tiffany and the conversations we have in my car. (laughs) I have a, I have a question. Um, Oh, wait, she just goes on about chatting with us in the car. Okay, thank you. All right, she says, all right, do you know if an online payment tool is cheaper than the fees PayPal charges? I do virtual admin work and bookkeeping as my side hustle, and I'm not too happy with sometimes when I see PayPal fees coming out. Case in point, a client just paid me $525, and by the time I went to transfer it to my bank, it came down to $509. I know, right? Petty, but still, I know. Would love to hear your advice on cheaper payment tools. Well, I'm just looking up now the difference between, I use Stripe for my business, S-T-R-I-P-E. Because um, here's one thing, I'm part of this Facebook group called um, uh, Build Brand Launch with Arsha Jones. It's a great group. It's like mostly brown women who are um, are in the beginning, middle, and like whatever, like later stages of business. Um, and so they ask a, a ton of questions. And so one thing I've learned from that group is that PayPal, um, is out of any of the processing systems, they are trigger happy. So let's just say like, you know, you sell 10 things and for some reason, three people want to return PayPal's like, Oh, this is scam. And they will lock down your money almost indefinitely for some people. So it's very easy to trigger like a PayPal lockdown and for you to have to fight to get your money. So that's one. So sorry, PayPal, you know, I have not heard good things from you, but I like Stripe. And, uh, because what I love about Stripe is that it's, it's a great, um, tool to collecting money, but Stripe, I think like target uses Stripe. I think, I, I think I heard that on how I built this, meaning that, as you grow, Stripe can grow with you. Like there's no outgrowing Stripe unless you're bigger than Target. Um, but from what I am, what I'm reading is that um, many of the online transactions might be the same amount, but Stripe also has something called ACH transactions, which PayPal doesn't. 
Um, and so I, I would do a little bit of a, a little bit of research because like I said, like I, I happen to like Stripe more. I don't know that, um, it's the, the fees are definitely way cheaper, you know? Yeah. I and mean, I think it's important to look at your different options. It's not just PayPal. Um, and maybe if you're just getting started, does it make sense to use PayPal right now? Could people be doing, you know, ACH transfers like Tiff said, and just like direct to your bank account? Could that help you save some fees? Mm -hmm. If it's just a side hustle, you might want to look at those ways. Um, or even Venmo. I don't know what the daily transfer limit is for Venmo, but maybe that's a better option. Um, I know I paid my dog walker via Venmo and I don't think, mm -hmm. I don't think that he got fees. I'm like touring, I'm towing the line because I'm not an accountant and I'm not, a yes. business attorney. So I'm like, what's legal? <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like when you're, if you're not making, important, but, it, but if, you, and if you're not making, one thing I will say about PayPal, that, that there's a, the benefit to PayPal in some ways is that if you, cause you know, if you make over $600 in a, in a venture or whatever, you are liable to, to taxes, right? So the thing about PayPal is if, if you get paid over $600, PayPal kind of like helps out with that whole tax situation. Like, like for example, if I pay Mandy, $700, PayPal is going to like report and all that kind of stuff for, for her. Whereas with Stripe and like other ones, you know, the, the onus is on you to, 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 to handle that. So I would just do a little digging and some research. And honestly, if you are like, if you're not part of some Facebook groups that are business focused, I would join because these are great, depending on what kind of business you have, there are definitely, um, transaction companies that are better suited. Like for my online school, that's what we use Stripe for and it, it works wonderfully, but it might not suit you if you sell like purses, you know? Right. Yeah. And you know, it sucks when you think about taxes, but I mean, Tiffany, taxes are just part of being a business owner. You just got it. It is. You gotta. Especially if you want to pivot to make that your full-time gig, like it, it hurts even more because you have to actively take out taxes. The government just doesn't yes. do it for you. No, um, you do. And you have to guess how much you owe in taxes, and it's going to get even child. more complicated. Let me tell so. you. And then Q4, <laughs> so what happens with it when you're a business and when you make, like, I would say once you start making over six figures a year, you pay quarterly. You're supposed to, or you might get a fine or a fee. So you pay quarterly. And like, like Mandy said, you're guessing. But let's just say you have a really great second half of the year. That means the money that you've been setting aside or paying, uh, the first, it might not have been enough. So all of a sudden, like the end of the year, you're like, I owe how much more? Wait, wait. And so, <laughs> whew. yeah, but that's why getting yourself, if, if nothing else, once you get past kind of like the, uh, like a beginning stages of business, getting yourself an accountant, accountants are not that crazy expensive. If you're making, if your business makes, I would say, mm, like maybe like uh, high four figures, um, low five figures, um, you can afford a, a decent accountant. Um, you're looking at probably, uh, depends, maybe a few hundred dollars for the year. So maybe like low, maybe thousand, twelve, twelve hundred dollars, um, depending on how big your business is. But it, it's worth it because, you know, knowing that you're not going to owe the federal government which will be way more expensive, knowing that you can sit with them quarterly and like kind of have the conversation about, about where your business is going. Like your accountant should be able to advise you of, should I go from being a sole entrepreneur now? Should I be an employee of my business versus self-employed? Do I give myself insurance? Like your accountant can answer all those kind of questions. So that way you're not kind of flailing in the wind. So definitely looking for an accountant that, that specializes in um, small businesses as well. That's going to be so helpful. Like Carlos is not just my accountant. He's like my business, like, coach almost because every quarter when I meet with him 
he goes over everything and really makes suggestions based upon my personal life, the business life, and what's going to be best in, in the long run for the, for the, for the number that I'm going to have to pay. Yeah. Well, you're small now. And also think about the money that you're making versus what you're losing to these, you know, a small tax fee. Because with, you know, the side hustle, like you're making 500 bucks on the side. That's amazing. Um, yep. That's great. And, you know, you wouldn't have had that if you hadn't taken the initiative to set up your side hustle. So celebrate it. Um, don't be a baby tax evader. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're trying to be. Just kidding. They will <laughs> find you, though. All right. Thank you so much for your question. And thanks for being such a loyal listener. Appreciate it. Yeah. You want to take uno mas? Or? Let's take one more from the email inbox. So this question is a repeat question. Apparently, we missed her question the first time around. Sorry, Miss Ronla. But Ronla has a question about leasing a car. Alrighty. She says, on a recent episode, what stands out is that one of you talked about buying a car and you gave lots of tips on getting the best rates. But what are your thoughts on car leasing? My husband and I currently have one car that we lease, but it's definitely a money drain, both in principle and interest. I dread paying this bill each month. Do you know if refinancing a car lease is feasible with banks or credit unions? This is our only vehicle and we still have months to go on this lease. Thank you very much. Mm. So Ronley wants to get out of a car lease. I did some research on this and we've actually written a couple of articles um, at Lending Tree about this and good news and bad news. The bad news is that there's not really a way to refinance a lease with another bank. Um, so you're kind of stuck with it. One of the most common ways to get out of a comp to get out of a car lease, especially if you're unable to afford the payment, which it sounds like you guys are, um, is to potentially transfer the lease. Now, this would suck because you'd have to like give up the car, um, but if you are able to do it successfully, then maybe you could get a car that has a lower payment, you know, or maybe your credit has improved since you got this original lease and you can qualify for a better rate on a car note and find a car that you can afford. So to transfer it, there's a couple of websites out there that you can look, to, look into. There's Swap a Lease, Lease Quit, Lease Trader, and leasecompare.com. Um, I know. That's just, I don't know why they're so funny, but I'm just like, it's okay. We're like, okay, I see you like direct clear messaging and marketing. Yeah. Leasequit.com. Um, but you want to check with your leasing company first to see if it allows transfer. You want to look into the fees of transferring. Um, and of course, look at any tax costs that you may have to incur. And the reason it's so successful, you know, so many of these exist is that there's people out there who want to take over leases because it's more affordable for them or they don't want the full, like whatever the full lease term is, and they want a partial lease term or something like that. So that's an option for you. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. I never heard of that. That's cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share this article with you. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, and we've, we've did a whole episode on like auto loan debt because I'm so passionate about the fact that in America, people are so crazy about their cars and car debt can be it's just one of those things you can talk yourself into because you need that car to get to work and you might as well be a good car and you want to be seen in a great car and all that kind of thing. Um, but there's plenty of people out there that aren't driving fancy cars that are in car debt too. But um, as much as you can, if you could get that car payment down or get an affordable car um, that that you know is not going to be a burden to you each month and free up cash flow for other things like savings, please do it. The car yes. should not be eating up the majority of your budget. Um so anything, anything else on car leases, Tiff? No, I mean, if done, if done, if, if, you know, done right, you know, they, they don't have to be super detrimental, but it, it does get, like, I remember 
um, my sister actually used uh, Magnify Money when she was um, leasing because at the time she's like, really, I can't afford, you know, a brand new car, but she needed like a, a newer car because um, she, her, she, her drive was like 45 minutes to an hour or something like that. So she couldn't have a car that couldn't take, you know, like the beating basically. So, um, she leased a, I don't, it wasn't brand brand new. I think she leased like whatever, like a two year old car or a year old car or something like that. Um, but she used magnify money to really get the financing together. So it ended up being a really good option where she could get a newer car for less money. It was just a good choice for her at the time. Um, so just be mindful, like, you know, like when you're sometimes, you know, leasing is it's not necessarily ideal, but sometimes it affords you the opportunity to get something you might not be able to technically um, afford it as a, like if you were buying the car straight out. Um, but you know, like I, I didn't even know people bought took over leases like that. I think that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not anti-lease. I think, you know, my husband and I were looking at the mileage on our car. We bought it three years ago. We haven't even hit 36,000 miles. And I'm like, we could at least this thing. Um, cause leasing, you know, as if you're, if you have a short commute and you don't need the car that much, some people choose to lease because it can be a little bit, um, the payments can be a little bit less each month and you have the option to get a different car after three years and you, but the key is you have to really be sure that you're not going to hit, go over that mileage requirement. Typically it's like 30 something thousand dollars, 30,000 something miles, um, over the lease period. And if you go over that, it's like so many fees. Oh my God. So many, like my, my friend, um, got stuck mm-hmm. with a ton of lease fees because he didn't anticipate getting a job in DC and then coming back and forth to New York. Ooh-cha. Yeah. So, ow. Um, but yeah, if you do the math and it works out in your favor, you know, my friend's family had their grandparents come to help them with childcare and they decided to lease a car for them to use just when they're in town, which seemed to make sense versus getting, you know, a car outright. So, it can be a good option. I'll I'll include a link to like a lease versus buy calculator as well, so you can see what the difference would be like if you guys are on the fence out there. Yes, let's do that. All right, Miss Lana, Miss Ronla. Sorry, thank you for your question. Hopefully that was good. We'll I'll include a couple of links um, in the show notes about uh, the article I was mentioning. And thank you guys for your questions. Yes. Booster break, a booster break, booster break, a booster break. Can you tell there's certain things that when you say, like your neck has to go that side to side, like booster break. You know that, you know that the move I'm making, Manny, like the, mm-hmm. like the bobblehead, like, you know, the bobble side to side, like booster break, booster break. Does it oh, sound like interesting. A- well, bobblehead, I was thinking, you know, what I was thinking is more of like a neck twist, which yeah, I feel like no. bobbleheads just like bobble the top of the head. Yeah, maybe it is more of a neck twist, picture. but it's like, it's like a zigzag, <laughs> like zigzag, zigzag. Hit, oh, hit. okay. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I got you. Yeah, now. yeah. The zigzag boost help. Boost the break, boost the break. <laughs> now the shoulders are in it. Boost the break. And I got my hands up. Okay, anyway. Are you going to boost or are you going to break? Woof. After that, I got to take a boost. I got a boost. <laughs> so I have been a long I, I was like a very anti-yoga for a long time I thought it was boring I thought it was stupid I was like I can stretch for free I can find, <laughs> I can find videos online and I can stretch and it's great but in the past couple of months I actually started taking yo. I took a couple of yoga classes one during mental health awareness month because we organized it for our um, our team at work like as an option as something to do Ended up taking that class and then just randomly took a couple of other yoga classes. And I didn't realize how it's not just about the stretching. You know, it's not, no, you're not going to go there and sweat unless you're doing like Bikram. You're not going to go there and sweat and get your cardio. But for me, it's been, I've started to do it more often because it really helped me feel 
calmer and re more relaxed. And I'm always trying to find ways to um, to chill out and like with my anxiety, just you know, I was my anxiety was kind of getting so bad that I was clenching my jaw at night and I had all these re had this really bad jaw pain um, where I couldn't chew and I couldn't open my mouth very wide back in May and June or earlier this month. Mm. Um, and my dentist was like, honestly, it's stress. So if you can mm. find a way to like de-stress, then mm. that can help. So I've started to go to yoga at least once a week and I really enjoy it. And yeah, it's stretching and it's kind of frou-frou. I picked the beginner classes because no, I'm not standing on my, on my head just yet. I'm not <laughs> doing all those pretzel moves. And my favorite part of the yoga class is usually the last 10 minutes of the class. You just like sit in the dark and they turn the lights out and you just either they're like, you know, either they're saying some really relaxing things or it's just silence and you just sit there and you're just mindful and present. And maybe you think about something positive or think about nothing. And I love that just five, 10 minutes in a dark room at the end. And it, I just feel so good afterwards. So I'm on team yoga, y'all. Yeah. Team yoga. I used to I used to take a bunch of yoga classes. I actually like my favorite um, yoga instructor on YouTube is Tara Styles. I don't know. I just like her voice, and she just like I don't know. She just has a calming spirit. So when I get back to yoga, um, that's who I, I typically use. I don't. I haven't taken like an in class yoga class in a while, but I feel like I'd like that. I actually really do enjoy yoga. So welcome, welcome to the other side. Namaste. <laughs> I still can't when they do the ohm at the end. I'm like, I can't. I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm here. What the worst is like, not the worst, but you know how like at the end they have you sometimes lay. I have totally fallen asleep before. Like, oh, oh yeah, 100% <laughs> I fell asleep last week because she was talking to me and it was it had the same effect as what I use audiobooks to shut my brain up at night and yes. just like go to sleep. And uh, it was just she was talking and telling us a story and I, 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 pro I probably snored, but I was out. Yes. It I mean, so I would nice. say it's the best. I'm like, ooh, this is yoga. I could just lay down and sleep. <laughs> well, I am going to boost. This is like a silly boost, but I am um, sitting in, we're in our, I'm still in my old apartment. So by this, by the time we tape next week, we'll be in the new house. But I cannot wait because I didn't want to have outside noise because we have like no, like loud neighbors. So I closed all the windows and we had a, a fan because we already took out all of our um, ACs. Plus the AC is loud and we had a fan in the window. And that's loud. So I am sitting in a hot box right now, sweating bullets. I cannot wait until the new house where we have um, we have a split level system for AC. That's like, I don't know the difference between a split level and a regular level. Either way, it's central air. And it's so quiet, Mandra. So I can actually have a cool environment. <laughs> when I tell you, I am sweat like I am direct, like, Literally, I'm like... Today is not the day to not have air conditioner. Oh, my goodness. It's so hot in here, but I don't want, like, the fan blowing in the background. You see how much I love you, BA listeners? I am literally sitting in a hot box for the last hour, sweating up a storm. Probably lost two pounds, but... Yeah, honestly, just a boost for, like, you know, patience and getting in the new house and AC, baby! Um, and so, yeah, I cannot wait. The next time we tape, I shall be there. We're not um, the only podcasters sweating in, in rooms with no air conditioning, though. Like, that's just a podcast. You, If you're going to start a podcast, you need to find a quiet room. Like, yep. even even Terry Gross, you know, even Preet Bharara for his podcast was complaining about how hot it is because they can't have the AC on in these rooms. So it's, you know, it's what we do for our craft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sweat it out. I love y'all, but I will be doing it with some AC next time. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, that's just my boost. My well, congrats just- on the house. I'm so excited it's done. Yes, I cannot wait. I can't wait to have a first Thanksgiving and we're definitely going to have a housewarming and, you know, like probably some sort of summer barbecue, whatever. Um, I just want to have like I, a gathering spot. Like our apartment's not really a gathering spot because it's just too small. And so when I had my condo when I was in my mid-20s, I mean, all my girlfriends, we were all like young and single and all my sisters, they would, we would, they would come over all the time. So I really just enjoy having you know, people over and just, like I said, we don't have that as much here. It's like one, one or two friends at a time, just because our place is small here. But so I just can't wait to come back to that. Like, Hey, you can always come. You don't have to have a special occasion. Just come to the house. You know, it's beautiful. So I'm excited. Well, no, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I know exactly how it feels. So congrats. Okay. Go well. nest, go nest. Enjoy. Happy anniversary too. Thank you. And happy birthday uh, to my husband. His birthday is the same day. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. look at that. So now I'll never forget it. You say that and last I, year, too. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but you did, though. I could check the tapes. <laughs> no, I probably did because I literally have the worst memory. That is hilarious. I, I, was, I, will, I will forever be grateful for her. Every time I look at my fridge, I'm like, thank you, Mandy's husband. Don't worry. I didn't believe you last year, and I don't believe you this year. <laughs> I forgot just like that and I literally have no recollection I I'm telling you I've been 80 since I was eight so there, there there's that I love you anyway <laughs> just the way you are <laughs> enjoy all right y'all it's been an awesome episode as for usual I just love that we're getting way more love on via social please tweet us please instagram us facebook us we really love the social outreach tell a friend to tell a friend um, you know I just uh, I just I someone like uh sent a picture I think they sent me like a dm or they posted on their IG where she was giggling as she, I guess she was walking in the park about my cat story. And I was like, what did I say? I forgot that I said I took my cat. To that the is bitch. my favorite cat story. I love that story. <laughs> but I feel like, we love that feedback. If you, if me or Mandy says anything that you really enjoy, I love like, please show us your reaction in that we like it, it, it motivates us to move forward. Cause we're, I feel like we're all friends. So, you know, we just love hearing from you. At the BA podcast on Twitter and at Brian Edition podcast on Instagram. Yes, you know I forgot that. That's what I was like. Hopefully Mandy will jump in. <laughs> I'm always looking for holes to fill. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right, y'all. All right, Mandy. All right. Happy Brand Ambition Wednesday. Bye. <laughs>